welcome to the Gospel in Lagos, the sermon podcast of City Church Lagos. We hope this sermon answers the doubts or questions that you have about the Gospel, its relevance to your life, and the ever-evolving culture around us. Our vision is to see the City of Lagos and beyond renewed by the Gospel, and to make that happen, we need your support. You can do this by rating this podcast, following us, and giving through the Give tab on our website, citychurchlagos.com. Thank you for your generosity. We pray this sermon impacts you positively with the gospel. At the end of the reading, I'll say this is the word of the Lord. We know the drill. You respond by saying, Thank you very much. Luke 19 from verses 1 to 10. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, Make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, City Church. Good to see everybody. Um, before, Before I get into anything, can you just hold your hands out where you are and just say, God, open my mind. Say, God, open my heart. Say, God, open my ears to receive your word. Amen. 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 Good to see everybody this morning. It is such a joy and, as always, an incredible incredible um, opportunity and exciting one at that to, to be with you, to be able to share God's word, to just hang out. And, you know, absolutely for my wife and I, um, my wife, by the way, is... Um, incredible. Um, she's the second best gift God has given me in life um, after my salvation. <laughs> and um, she is just incredible. And we're grateful to be here together um, to hang out. For us, it's coming to City Church is some sort of like pilgrimage. Like, you know, you just go and just be refreshed in, in many things. And it's just such a blessing. Um, like Pastor Femi said, um, himself and his wife are definitely some of our favorite people. And um, we, why are you looking tense? Calm down. And um, we, 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 we love them and uh, we are grateful for them. Um, are you good? <laughs> yeah, okay. We love them and we are grateful for them. And um, just to say, it's always a joy. We have many incredible friends here in, ch- in, in City Church hanging out with you guys through the weekend and um, seeing everybody. And thank you, music team, for blessing us again this morning. It is always such a blessing. And um, 
If we're meeting for the first time, um, like you said, my name is Tolu Lokwe, and I have quite a lot of privileges in life. I've talked about Colin Adebola, my wife. Um, another one top on the list is that I get to support a club called Liverpool, and um, that's also a huge, a huge privilege. Um, but we're not going to talk about football today. Somebody's already sweating. We are, we're not going to talk about what happened to Arsenal um, today. If we are going to talk about what happened to Arsenal, but we are not going to talk about what happened to Arsenal. So, so if we're meeting for the first time, I, I just thought we could do a little checkout just to see if we can be friends. You know, sometimes you meet somebody and you want to just say a few things. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? Let's check out if we can be friends like in real life. So let me just um, check your tempo generally. Um, let me ask you a few general questions. Um, if you want to fry plantain, you want to make dodo, do you think the plantain should be like just ripe or like very, 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 very ripe? Very, very, very ripe. We can be friends. Very, very, very ripe. That is good. Now, now this, is, this, is what, this, is what makes, this is what makes good dodo. Let me tell you what makes good dodo. Good dodo is when you're about to fry the plantain, you are like arguing, like, ah, is this spoiled? Is it not spoiled? It's almost, though. Ah, it's looking at them. Let's just fry it. And it works, right? We, we, we can be friends. That's, that's, that's good. Let, let me check one more. Um, how many of you, um, let's say, for example, let, let me check what you think about educational institutions in Nigeria. Um, if you were to rate, let's say, Unilag, Unilag, greatest. Um, okay. Okay. Um, so if you were to rate Unilag on a scale, if you were to rate Unilag on a scale of like zero to OAU, what would you rate it? <laughs> what do you do? What do you do? Okay. Uh, anywhere three, four, we can be friends. You are, you are doing well. You are doing well. Um, let me check out your fashion sense. Let, I'm just trying to know if, if we can like, let's check out your fashion sense. What do you make of like um, your fashion idea? Um, Babadi Boye's um, like sleeve, short sleeve um, jacket. Do you think it's hot? Uh, yeah. It's good. You better say it's good. Even though you're not a real Christian, it is, it is really good. Okay. Uh, what do you think about dying here? Do you think it's good? Uh, by the way, quick one. Scripturally, scripturally, well, you should ask whether it's for ladies or for guys. Scripturally, a lady can dye her hair many times, but a guy should only dye his hair once. Ah, because the Bible says it's appointed unto men to die once after that judgment. <laughs> so after that judgment, okay. Um, okay, let, let me check out, let me check out, um, one or two more things. If you were to offer, like, um, 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 you know, um, trauma, um, trauma um, counseling, um, for, and you could only do it for one person, who do you think you would go in first? Um, a Lagos resident or an Arsenal fan? Who should go in first? What if the Lagos resident is an Arsenal fan? <laughs> uh, that would be very tough. Okay. Um, Okay, one more thing. I just want to know if we can be friends. This, this one, and this is, this is like very important. Um, texting over calling. Let me just see. Let me see my real friends. Texting over calling, right? Yeah. Texting. Everybody said texting over calling. Yes, exactly. That, those, are the, those are my real friends here. Because I think there are some calls that can just put you on the spot. And I feel like it's not fair. Why would you just... Call me. Do you have that friend that can just call you and be like, um, can you pick me up at 2 p.m. tomorrow? And here and now, I have to give an answer. I'm like, um, I think it's unfair. Why don't you send me an email? Let me read through the email. Let me calculate. Let me know where you live. Let me calculate the distance and, you know, calculate how much of my lifetime will be lost in traffic, moving there or coming back. Again, you know, with deregulated fuel, let me know what exactly it's going to like. Just send me an email. Okay, I best send me a text. Let me check everything out. This is the idea. I don't like being put on the spot. Um, many years ago, I'm not too proud to say this, but many years ago, um, I remember I had a friend that would just call and 
he'll just call and be like, um, are you at home? And you're like, eh, I'm trying to, are you, like, now, are you at home? And you're like, eh, yes, and, and the next five hours of your well plan, they have just, like, basically gone. So I remember one time he called, and he, I would see the phone ring. Um, now, this is many, many years ago, don't judge me. But I would see the phone ring, and then, uh, and then this guy, and I know where this call is going, so I'll just open the door of my house, I'll step outside, I'll pick. I'm like, um, hello, and he's like, are you at home? I'm like, ah, I just stepped out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the point is, I don't like being put on, on, on the spot, all right? Um, and, and let's state it clearly, just to help everybody. I think the concept of coming over to someone's house should be initiated by the owner of the house. Like, let the owner of the house say, ah, can you come? Something like that. I just think that's, you know, um, yeah, I think that's basic manners, right? I, I don't know how it works in Lagos, but that's basic manners, the way we work. Like, well, of course, one exception, one exception, if you are Jesus. So in Luke 19 and verse 5, we see this amazing scripture where Jesus comes to the place where Zacchaeus is. Jesus looks up and Jesus is like, ah, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down. Today, I must come and stay at your house. Ah, ah. All right, hello. <laughs> Let's put it, maybe you don't think like Zacchaeus. I'm like, Jesus has just run into a guy who the Bible says is really rich and all of that. Um, and Jesus basically comes. It's like you, maybe you're just somewhere around Lagos and you just see, ah, Bukayo Zaka, ah, like, ah, bro. Or you just see Zuckerberg or something, ah, ah. I'm coming to your house today. Like, who gives you the right to invite yourself um, to my house? So what, what I want to do is, I want to kind of run this. Um, okay, you guys don't think in all those names. You see MC Ulomo and you're like, ah, I'm coming to you. Okay. So I want to try and run this story just from like a few ends. And let's, let's kind of look at what it's, it's really like happening here. So there's, um, there's a neurobiologist called Dr. Rabinowicz. In 2016, somewhere in the US, he led a research. And essentially, his research gives credence to the idea that when people lose one sense, they can gain near super abilities in another, especially if that sense is lost early in life. So for example, blind people may be able to hear better, or people that are deaf can have some kind of enhanced vision, that kind of a thing. And the research tried to show that these super senses are not just learned behavior. What he was trying to prove is that the brain actually remodels itself all right, it gives more real estate to other senses when one is missing. So the brain's capacity that is previously divided among all the senses, now it's kind of channeled into these senses so that it has super abilities in some senses. So I think it's not just maybe even in terms of the brain, I think it's a wider human phenomenon. I think that as we become conscious of some form of deficiency or the other in our lives, it seems like we try to make up for them by being extra big on something else. All right, and so for example, it's not unusual to see somebody that has a very bad marriage um, being really great at work, you know, almost like doing all the extras and yeah, winning all the awards, putting in extra hours at work. And really it's because like there's something deficient there or someone who is really lonely or maybe has been badly bruised by some trauma. And the person is just kind of extra loud in some ways and you're really trying to reconcile, okay? Um, but it's like when you're deficient somewhere, there's like that human phenomenon that we try and make up for it in, in other things. There's one other one I wanted to say, but somebody might be offended. Should I say it? Should I say it? You said I should say it too. They say that when people are short, they buy very big cars, but um, no offense. All right, so maybe, 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 maybe it's because like in a sense, it's you that is thinking of that example. It's not me that said it. All right. Maybe in a sense, it's like we try, we try to hide. There's a human thing. We don't like to be confronted with our failure or with our loss or with our lack. Um, so we try and do something else very big. Um, and, and I'm thinking about Zacchaeus here this morning because I suspect that 
This is kind of like a real picture of Zacchaeus because straight up in two verses that we're reading following each other, we see two extremes living in one person. So the Bible says in verse 2 that there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich. Look at that. Like this guy is rich. He's laboring hard. He's amassed a lot. He's rich. But in verse 3, he sought desperately to see who Jesus was, but he could not. In, in Amplified in verse 2, it says he was a superintendent, a su- superintendent to whom others reported. There's this kind of authority. In Living Bible, it says he was one of the most influential Jews, all right? And of course, a very rich man. So on one hand, we see like a career leader. We see a very rich, influential man and all of that. But right in the next next verse, we see his desperate need. He's short, he's crowded out. Um, and being short and crowded out is like just being a victim in many ways for Zacchaeus. I think it's not just a thing happening in this scripture that we're reading. I think pretty much this is maybe what his whole life has looked like. I can imagine that back in his primary school days that, you know, the teacher would just be very angry with the whole class and the teacher is like, what is wrong with this class? I'm making noise. Everybody stand up and raise up your hands. And then everybody's doing that. And then she's like, Zacchaeus, did you hear me? I said, stand up and raise up your hands. And then she gets to, I will be, oh, you're standing up, you know. <laughs> or maybe on his birthday, you know, people were just talking about him and one of his friends came out and just giving compliments and all. One of his friends came out and said, you know what I love about brother Zach is that he is, he is he's just so down to it. Zacchaeus was really smiling, down to earth, you know. I think all his life, maybe he had just known, maybe more than just the labeling and teasing and all of that. I think there's just this pain in being deprived. Um, Everybody's in a moment talking about what they saw, but you just didn't see it. Zacchaeus would be the guy watching a football match in a viewing center, and as the the intensity is going, and people start standing up, and Zacchaeus is struggling, and then they're like, they scored, and he's like, I didn't see the goal, ah, Brighton, 1-0, Arsenal, ah, ah, it's like, I didn't see it, ah, and maybe the game will be 1-0, ah, but they they score another, he says, I didn't see it again, no, 2-0, ah, they can't score, ah, they will still score, (laughs) 3-0! Zacchaeus is just always missing out, seemingly. That very painful sense of, I want something, but I just can't get it. In Luke 19, verse 3, look at these words in the Message Bible. He wanted desperately. Wanted desperate. Zacchaeus is desperate, but he's deprived. Maybe you're in church today and you know that real feeling of being desperate, but being deprived. Maybe desperate for a job. And in your desperation for a job, you know how you've done interviews, you passed the first stage, you got the email, congratulations. You moved to the second stage, you saw the email, congratulations. Then the third stage, you just saw the email starting with, I hope this mail meets you well. You knew it will not leave me well, even if it met me well. Desperate, but deprived. Maybe desperate for a relationship, desperate for a marriage, desperate for attention, desperate for some resource or the other, desperate for an apartment on another side of town, desperate, but deprived. It leaves us with like an emptiness and I think a frustration. But I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, friends, for all the desperation that we've ever known, or you can ever know that Zacchaeus has ever known and been deprived in life and all of that, for all the desperation, nothing comes near to what Zacchaeus is in in this moment. Zacchaeus is longing for everything you've ever longed for in life, everything you've ever wanted, every sense of attention, everything you have ever longed for. If you pack it all together, bring it all together, this longing does not come close. Nothing you have ever longed for comes close to the longing in this moment. Because this is not just Zacchaeus longing for something better. This is Zacchaeus longing when there's a sound of destiny. 
See, friends, when Jesus walks into a room, when Jesus walks into a place, when Jesus just comes around the place, the sound of his steps are the sounds of the one that made everything. This is a sound of life just coming all around you. This is Zacchaeus, something deep in his soul, knowing, man, I, I feel something destiny about this moment. I feel something unusual. I feel something more than I've ever come around in that moment. This is Zacchaeus longing. The atmosphere of Jesus' presence is, is an atmosphere of grace, and you just feel like there's so much love. There's grace all happening at the same time. There's a beauty that I can't even describe. This is Zacchaeus feeling shut out when it matters most. This is a sound of heaven. This is not just someone that came from heaven. This is the maker of heaven. Literally walking on the earth and you feel deprived. This is a chance of your life. If you've ever found yourself like in the presence of a great person that you are just awed off your feet and all of this, and you, all you could say was like, man, what? Like greatness came near you. This is not just that. This is that times a million. And suddenly, Zacchaeus is deprived. Because Zacchaeus doesn't just hear a crowd. He senses something. He senses something. I've lived my whole life in longing. I've pursued. I've, but here I sense something. This is what the blind man sensed the other day and he won't stop screaming like this is destiny happening here. This is what the woman um, whose daughter was possessed sensed and she like insult me all you want but I'm not going to lose this moment. This is what everybody who came around Jesus sensed. This is Jesus. This is what the woman with the issue of blood sensed and she's like I would defy every odd and go through a crowd. There is something about this moment that I know can make my life, that can change what I've ever been. There's something about coming around the person of Jesus. Zacchaeus felt, I can't imagine missing this moment again. This is Jesus. This is the glory of God that we see walking for. We beheld the glory. We saw it. We, we saw a sense of God as we saw Jesus. Let me suggest to you today, friends, the greatest injustice against any life, the greatest injustice you can do against a life is not, you know, it's painful to hear of abuse and to hear of injustice and deprivation and all of that. But the greatest injustice against a life is to block their perspective of Jesus. Because, listen, for everything else you do against a person, if the person can encounter Jesus, Jesus can restore it all. But what do you do when you block my perspective of Jesus? What do you do when I can't, I can't meet the one that my soul longs for? What do I do when, when I can't touch that Jesus effect that my soul is looking for? There's something about who Jesus is that is not replaceable. There's a void in our souls that only Jesus can fill. And so what we see in the text in verse 4 is that Zacchaeus ran and climbed into a tree to see him for Jesus was going to pass that way. But I think there's like a mirror effect happening here. Um, we see in the text that Zacchaeus desired, but what we must not miss is that there's like a mirror effect, all right? Um, Zacchaeus desired, but, but if we see the same thing happening from, from both sides, what we're seeing is that Zacchaeus desired to see Jesus, but think about it. I think the real story, the real story is that Jesus desired to reach Zacchaeus. Because it's just a reflection that's going on here. We are seeing Zacchaeus running and trying to climb and all of that. The desire did not start from Zacchaeus. The running and the climbing did not start from Zacchaeus. It started from, from Jesus. Can you see in all eternity, if you can think back with me, Jesus in all his love and his passion and all of that, desiring, desiring to give life to the dead, desiring to love the unloved, desiring to give hope, to transform the desperate, desiring to reach every single one of them, every Zach, every... Can you see Jesus burning with desire for us, desire in our longing for him? Can you see Jesus in all eternity full of desire for us, every Zach somewhere, every Joseph, every Bosse, every Coyote, every single one of us in our longing? Jesus in all eternity desiring to reach us. 
For Zacchaeus, he couldn't read Jesus because of the crowd and because he was short. But for Jesus, he couldn't read Zacchaeus because of his righteousness and his glory, because of our sin that had separated us. And so Jesus picks up a human suit and he comes to be like one of us. He begins walking those very streets that we walk and he began dining and whining and, you know, suffering and loving and dying so that he could reach us. For Zacchaeus, he ran and climbed up a tree and sat on top of a tree to reach Jesus, just to bridge the gap to Jesus. For Jesus, he climbed up a tree and stretched his hands wide in death to reach us. When we couldn't reach him, he came to reach us. To reach us when we were crowded out in our own sin and all of that. So please don't miss the point of what's going on. It's not first about Zacchaeus climbing to reach Jesus. It's about Jesus coming down to earth to keep an appointment. Jesus knew the tree. The Bible says nothing was made without him. He was the one that, that knew the tree. He spoke all things into being. It was Jesus in all eternity that had orchestrated and designed. And I believe that as people were planting trees 20 years ago, and he was inspiring that, that guy that woke up and said, let's start a new movement in, this, in these areas. Let's do plant a tree movement. And Jesus was just inspiring the guy's heart. And the guy started planting trees at strategic locations and all of that. And Jesus was just making sure the tree was fine and growing and all of that because he knew that one day I'm going to walk those very roads to keep an appointment. And so when Zacchaeus was stranded in that moment and Zacchaeus is running and saying, hey, what can I climb? It was Jesus that was coming to an appointment that he had always ordained for Zacchaeus. And so what I want you to see today is that as we look at Zacchaeus' efforts to reach and it looks like Zacchaeus is running and climbing, I want you to know, friends, and don't forget that Jesus makes us the kind of people that can reach him. It doesn't start from our seeking and our striving and what we can do and our praying and all of that. Jesus makes us the kind of people that can reach him. It is Jesus who makes us the kind of people that can seek him and find him. I love the moments when I'm praying, playing hide and seek with my kids and, and you hide and, and all of that. And when you really hide, they're in trouble because it doesn't end well. They start crying and all of that. But you know, like you hide in such a way that there will be fun, but they will feel like they found you. So you kind of hide and put out a leg somewhere and they're like, daddy, where are you? And then they, they see that ah, I found you. Technically, yes, but again, no. Jesus makes us the kind of people. So we're like Jesus, we're seeking you in prayer. It's not so much our ability to find him as it is him just putting himself in a place and saying, reach me here. Jesus makes us the kind of people that can reach him. And here's what I want you to see today, friends. Jesus makes us the kind of people that can reach him. He makes us the kind of people that can love him. He makes us the kind of people that can serve him. He makes us the kind of people that can follow him. Here's what I want you to see. I believe that over the last 2,000 years, the Zacchaeus condition has intensified. There is even more longing in the world. There is even more desperation. There is even more empty cycles. There is even more of all of that. We're just frustrated many times and looking for what to binge on and what to hide away from and all of that. We're more distracted. We're more pressured and all of that. But 2,000 years down the line the Jesus effect is still the same that his grace is still strong enough to reach the unlikely his grace is still strong enough to transform to reach every single Zacchaeus this is the good news friends that it doesn't matter how bad you feel you are how long you know how much longing how distant and all of that like how desperate Zacchaeus would tell you this is me all my life this is the pain I've known all my life this is the kind of longing and rejection just that feeling of being shut out it doesn't matter how bad what the story is behind the name the Jesus effect is still the same that he's able to reach every whoever John 3 verse 16 you know it for God so 
loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever, I just love that sound of whoever, it doesn't matter who the person is, it doesn't matter what they've done, it doesn't matter where they've been, that Zacchaeus effect that keeps all of us hiding and we feel like we don't deserve and we're just hiding away, trying to hide in our lives and all of that. There's that whoever that Jesus is pleased to give life to. For this reason was the son of man made manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. This is the testimony, 1 John 5 verse 11, that God has given us life and life is in his son. Verse 12 says, he who has the son has life. He who does not have the son does not have life. There is a real Jesus effect for the Zacchaeusness in you. Come and look at somebody this morning and say that there's a real Jesus effect for the Zacchaeusness in you. Look at your second choice neighbor and say, even you. But friends, I'm, I'm amazed. Let's just track the story a little more. I'm amazed because running from one end is an unlikely Zacchaeus who doesn't deserve this and he can't read Jesus. But from the other end coming is our glorious Jesus. But I'm just amazed and awed at the meeting point of Zacchaeus and Jesus. You know, when I want to set up a meeting with the biggest names that I know, when you want to um, meet up with people that you consider really important and special, then I'm thinking of the best meeting places. I'm thinking of the most expensive restaurant that, ah, when, when you see the bill, you're thinking, will I have to sell one or two of the children to, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of the best place that I can possibly meet with. I'm thinking of, of, of somewhere special. Do your best. Like, let's set up a special thing in a special place. If Jesus was to meet Zacchaeus, then I'm thinking about maybe if he was to meet the person that would change his life. Maybe it was in at least, let's say, the business class section or, 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 or first class or, or like we meet special people. Okay, let's do it in Herod's palace. Let there be like some invitation, some dignifying thing about the moment. But I'm amazed that Jesus and Zacchaeus meet at a very ordinary tree. Not at the palace, not at Herod's golf course, not at a favorite Jewish restaurant. Destiny happened at a very ordinary tree. It doesn't feel like the best background for pictures, but destiny happened at a very ordinary tree. You see, the tree's strategic position offered Jesus and Zacchaeus a middle point. The tree is on record as the contact point in a destiny conversation. That there is heavenly desire and there is human desire and they found safety to meet at a tree. So I have three simple things to say to you, and then I'll be done, kind of. Um, the first thing I want to suggest to everybody this morning, the miracle that the tree made happen. If you're new in City Church, you have to come back again. Um, usually the preachers drink glucosate boost, but we, we really don't know what they put in it. But um, a miracle happened at a tree. Can I have two guys help me? Please come. Mano, be one of them. And anybody else, please come. A miracle happened at a tree. Any other guy? Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, man, uh, thank you. What, one of you was going to be Zacchaeus. I'm not sure who. Okay, you. Oh, I wasn't going to say that. So that's fine. Please stand on one side. And then you come to the other side. Um, the miracle happened at the tree. You really feel like this is a word for you today. Uh, the first thing I want to suggest to everybody this morning, friends, is that you are more powerful than you think you are. 
You are more powerful than you think you are. You are more powerful than you think you are. You are more powerful than you think you are. You are more powerful than you think you are. A miracle of Jesus meeting Zacchaeus, a destiny moment happened at an ordinary tree. Friends, you are more powerful than you think you are because we get the privilege to be people that have encountered Jesus on one hand and we do our lives with Jesus and we've encountered him and he fills our life and we get the privilege to be in contact with the real world and what we stand at in every Every moment of our lives is a meeting point between a Zacchaeus and a Jesus. Friends, you are more powerful than you think you are. Your conversations on a Monday morning are more powerful than you think they are. This is Zacchaeus for all his longing. He's able to encounter Jesus because a tree was standing faithful in its place. I just want to say that you are more powerful than you think you are. You represent a contact point. And so Jesus is praying. He said, God, don't take them out of the world, but keep them in the world because they need to be in contact with the real world, but be in contact with Jesus so that they're living and their loving and their marriage and their business will represent a contact point between the longing of Zacchaeus and the desire. This is the desire of heaven. And this is the desire of humanity that is fulfilled at a very ordinary tree. And many times we feel I'm just standing in my place. I'm just doing my stuff. But friends, you are more powerful than you think you are. Your text messages are more powerful than you think they are. Your social media following is more powerful than you think it is. Your ordinary just going out and doing work and doing business is more powerful than you think you are. This is the potential of your life. You are more powerful than you think you are. Help me look at somebody this morning and say, man, we are really powerful. Okay, now look at your second choice neighbor, the second choice, and say, show me your power. I, I know you feel older than that, but just show me your power. Show me. Friends, we are more powerful than we think you are. I pray that the Holy Spirit will just kind of put this as a picture in your life that as you come around Jesus and you say, man, I'm one of those Jesus people. I'm a follower of Jesus. I've encountered him. I carry him in my heart. There's something about Jesus that I know. There's something about a world that I can touch. We are more powerful. Thank you, guys, than we think we are. And I'm not just saying this about individuals. I'm saying it about our gatherings week in, week out. As we open the doors and as church happens, as we meet in our gospel communities, as we do church. I just want us to remember these moments are more powerful than we think they are. Every time we gather and there's just a Jesus sound about us and a real world can just come in touching conversations with us and just come around us. This is every one more Sunday morning that somebody just walked into these doors and maybe it was just some nominal person unsure about the whole God thing but comes in here. These are destiny moments we are in touch with Jesus as we start to worship and make a sound about who Jesus is and as we come in contact with the real world these moments are more powerful than we think they are these are the God stories that are being birthed week in week out some of you can testify just coming around church just being in these gatherings I just kind of started coming some months ago couldn't even really figure it out but the tree was giving me an opportunity to encounter Jesus these moments are more powerful than we think they are. And I want to encourage us because many times we just slip into thinking of the tree as just being ordinary, ordinary, ordinary. We are more powerful than we think we are. This is every one more story of every one more person that just found their way into the house of God. These moments are more powerful than we think they are. When we get to put our hands and our resource and our lives in the course of the lookout church, when we get to be a part of what God is doing on the earth, these moments are more powerful than we think they are. There's a quote from Jensen Franklin that he says, when the church is doing what it's doing, get in it. Listen, what you didn't hear, what you didn't experience could have changed your life. I love that idea that when the church is doing what the church is doing, destiny is happening. What you didn't hear, what you didn't experience, what you didn't do could have made, when we just get to be a part, these things are more powerful than we think they are. 
Maybe you walked in here this moment just to fulfill a religious duty this morning. Um, this is not just a Sunday morning. Let me help you. This is not just some chairs and some good singers or some lousy preacher. This is not just an ordinary moment. This is destiny. This is the desire of heaven touching the desire of our hearts. This is the church of the living God. When we start to praise, I feel like we touch heaven. When we start to love and all of that in a real world, we touch a real world. This is not an ordinary moment. Does anybody this morning kind of believe that there's potential in these moments that we share? Anybody? There is incredible potential in these moments that we share. So let me encourage you, somebody, just like that tree, be there. Be there in the place of your obedience. Complete your obedience. Because for that tree, I don't know what it was like before Jesus came. On the day Jesus came and Zacchaeus came, it felt very special, but there were many ordinary days before the special days. And many times we look at seasons of our lives where it feels so ordinary, like nothing special is happening. But can I encourage you, complete your obedience. Stay in the place of your obedience. That's why the language of scripture is a language of being planted. It's a language of being there. It's a language of being there. Some of you are just in a journey of like that tree, just ordinary forgiveness to the family member that hurt me. Or just ordinary love, ordinary just trying to build that business. Or ordinary trying to build that relationship. Just staying in the place of doing right. And you feel like nothing special is happening. I just want to encourage somebody. It might look very ordinary. Maybe for you, it was one of those seasons where like the tree storms are even hitting and you're standing your ground. I just want to say that as you stay through the ordinary days, the special days come. And so complete your obedience. Complete your obedience. Your faithfulness is worth more than you think it is. I think that faithfulness is largely underrated in our day and our age. There is incredible power in being faithful, in being there. Um, seasons will come and go for that tree, the tree will tell you. Times will come and go, but the tree stayed. The tree was planted, it was rooted. Maybe you woke up this Sunday morning and it was one of those days that the devil had just texted you and you kind of didn't feel like going to church. There's something about just showing up and just being planted. Um, it is those who are planted in the house of the Lord. Um, sometimes you don't feel like you know, sometimes you ask somebody, I haven't been seeing you around um, gospel community um, and all of them. I've been going through some storms lately. Stay through all seasons because the storms will come and go. But when that tree stands its ground, then it will see the special moments of what Jesus was orchestrating. Amen. Let me say this to you that I learned a long time ago. Mature people don't do what is right because it's working. Mature people do what is right because it's right. They know that what is right will eventually work. But mature people don't do what is right because they, they plant the seed, they cover the ground. They don't see anything happening, but they do what is right. They water it, they watch over it because they know what is right will eventually work. Um, we are more powerful than we think we are. And that is really challenging because there's a lot for us to live up to. Um, two more things and I'm done. Second thing that I want to suggest to you this morning. First of all, we are more powerful than we think we are. Secondly, you are not as powerful as you think you are. You are not as powerful as you think you are. Have you ever been speaking to somebody and they missed the point very badly? Like very terribly. You were trying to tell them something and they heard, you know, I, I read a story a long time ago about a guy that had big drinking issues. He would always get drunk. He was wrecking his family. A lot was going wrong. And so he had this friend who was trying to say, man, I need to help my friend. But I don't know how to have the conversation. It feels very awkward. So his friend says, okay, what, what I'm going to do is that I'll just start sending him articles 
and hope that as he reads it, he will really get the point. So first day, he sends him an article about, you know, one guy that was really just always on alcohol and messed up his family and all of that. Ah, and so his friend like, wow, wow, wow. Second day, he sends him an article about all the dangers of drinking, health hazards, and how it wrecks. Ah, and the guy was like, wow, wow, wow. Third day, he sends him another article about all that alcohol has cost in, you know, just statistics and ruining families and stuff. Ah, he's like, wow, man, that is messed up. Fourth day, he sends him another article. He's just going article after article after article. After like 10 days, the guy's like, wow, wow, wow. Okay, okay, okay. It's enough. It's enough. From today, I promise from today, no more reading. Have you ever seen somebody miss the point? I get it. I think I get it. So what I mean when I say you are more powerful than you think you are is that God is using us really powerful, really powerfully, but not that we have power to hold God to ransom. You know, Jesus said to Pilate, he said, you cannot have any power except what is given to you from above. Jesus chose to use this tree, friends. He could have used the other one down the road. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? He could have used a rock. He could have climbed a horse. He could have climbed. He chose to use this tree. And so on one hand, it is very empowering to see how God uses us and how God positions us and all of that. But 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7, we have this treasure in our vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. It's not about us. Jesus said that if these people will not praise me, I can raise stones to do it. As we stand in these positions and we're like, man, we are powerful. We get to touch Jesus. We get to touch the world. And we hold that sense of us being powerful. I just pray we would also be reminded that we're actually not as powerful as we think we are because it's not like we can hold God to ransom. It's not like we can stop a move of God and God is like, man, listen, through the years, let me help you. As God has been working in the earth, through the years, people have failed God. Churches have slighted God. People have let God down and all of that. But guess what? The work of God on the earth will march on, all right? He's pleased to do it with us, but he can do it in spite of us. Are you hearing me this morning? We are not as powerful as we think we are. Maybe you're like that tree today. Um, and as you stand there, you are... In these moments of just the pleasure of Jesus encountering Zacchaeus here, I just pray today that in a very humbling way, you would remember that we get the privilege to do what we do. We get the privilege to serve. We get the privilege to be a part of the church. We get the privilege to contribute, to do what we do. But we are not as powerful as we think that we are. When my children were learning to write, there were these books we used to get, I'm sure you've probably seen, and what they would do is that they would put all these dotted lines, so they would write out alphabets with dotted lines, right? You, you know those stuff, and they just dot it. So what children do is that they then take a pencil and just start to trace it out. And so they're writing A, 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 and all of that. And it's always beautiful when you see your children writing, 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 and they come and tell you that, I've been writing this, look at what I wrote. Uh, yes, you did, but, but no, you didn't. Uh, that the power is not in your own ability to make things happen, but it's like God has built a framework that we're standing in. He chose to use the tree. So here's the third thing that I want to say, and then I would be ready to land, almost. The third thing that I want to say, first of all, we are, not as power, we are more powerful than we think that we are. Secondly, we are not as powerful as we think we are. Let me look at somebody and remind them of those two things. First of all, you are more powerful than you think you are. Secondly, you are not as powerful as you think you are. Now thirdly, and I hope this encourages everybody, Jesus 
is more powerful than you think he is. Jesus is more powerful than you think he is. And so today, as you hear me and hear me well, as we look at all that's going on in this story with Zacchaeus and all of that, I know you think, man, Jesus is powerful. But what I came to say is he is even more powerful than you think he is. He's still able to save to the uttermost. He's still able to do more than you could ask or imagine. As Jesus walks and he sees Zacchaeus and there's a tree and there's a crowd and there's longing, Jesus is still able to reach every single one. His grace is still sufficient. Jesus is more powerful than you think he is. We serve for us a savior who demonstrated who demonstrated through his cross that he's not just all loving and you know willing to die for us but he's all powerful to conquer the grave for us jesus is more powerful than we think he is for the deepest longing in every zacchaeus for the deepest desire whatever that is this morning as you walked into church wherever you are with longing and with desire i'm feeling shut out i came to remind you today that jesus is more powerful than you think he is i know your mind you're like i I know Jesus is powerful, but I'm like more than that, exceedingly abundantly more than that. Jesus is more powerful than we think he is. Listen to Luke 19 and verse 10. Jesus says, for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And you see all the running and orchestrations and climbing and all of that happening. But here is why it's happening. It's happening because the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to seek and to save lost people. He came to seek and to save lost hopes. He came to seek and to save a lost city, lost nations. He came to seek and to save all that was lost. Maybe you're like that tree today, feeling the weight of carrying Zacchaeus. I think in that moment as the tree was feeling the weight of Zacchaeus and I have Zacchaeus on my shoulders. And as I'm carrying Zacchaeus and Zacchaeus is full of desire, then you suddenly get to that place where you start to feel helpless. Maybe for you, it's carrying children on your shoulders. And you're carrying children with all their desires and with all their hopes. And what was it like for the tree carrying Zacchaeus in that moment? Here is the good news tree. Because as Jesus comes to that tree, Jesus is more powerful than you think he is. Sometimes tree, you are helpless to save. You can't, you can only do so much. You can only carry it on your shoulders. Maybe you're here this morning carrying that, that idea, that dream that God put in your heart and you're carrying it and it feels heavy because Zacchaeus is standing on the tree and I can imagine the tree feeling the weight of Zacchaeus' desire. For some of you, it's parenting your kids and as you're carrying the, the burden every new Monday morning, it's like do I even have what it takes? Here is the good news. Jesus is more powerful than you think he is. As a church, as we carry a burden to love a city and to love people and all of that, here is the good news about it. That Jesus is more powerful that we, than we think he is because we love Lagos and we love people but but here's the best way we can love our city and love people it's by loving the Jesus that can help the people and help the city so we love Jesus and as we love Jesus and as we attract his presence and as we draw his presence I'm so glad that our city is not just gathering here to see our great music and to see our great setup and all of that our city is gathering to a people that know what it means to be loving Jesus because it is in loving Jesus that we can truly love the people that we love. The best way you can love your children 
is to love Jesus. The best way you can love your spouse is to love Jesus because it is the Jesus that we love and his presence upon our lives tree that makes the things that we carry encounter real life and real fulfillment. I don't just want to carry burdens on my shoulder. I want to love Jesus enough. I want my life to be a place where the presence of Jesus comes because when the presence of Jesus comes to the tree, then the value of the moment changes. When the presence of Jesus comes to your home, the value of moments change. When the presence of Jesus is in your relationship, I'm still just an ordinary tree, but Jesus is more powerful than you think he is. I know it's just an ordinary business you're trying to build, but when he draws the presence of Jesus, and I know the economy is difficult, and I know you don't have the wisdom to handle situations and the changing scenes, but when I draw the presence of Jesus, um, Jesus is more powerful than, than, than I think he is. Jesus is more powerful than the world thinks he is. Jesus is still the sufficiency for every longing. Jesus is still the hope for every hopeless one. Jesus is still the answer to every longing question in our hearts. Jesus is more powerful than we think he is. As we love Jesus, that's the best way we love the world. As we love Jesus and as we draw his presence, let me give you a fun fact about Jesus this morning. Jesus is still pleased to come where he's invited. Jesus is still pleased to come where he's invited. When there's a home that is hungry for his presence, he's still pleased to come to ordinary trees. He's not saying it has to be Herod's palace and I, I won't come if you can't get the most expensive restaurant. He's still pleased to come to your very ordinary moments Jesus is still pleased to come where he is invited where there's a hunger and a desire for somebody saying I want more than just the ordinary I want more than just another Monday morning I want something more than just driving through and just living life I want something more Jesus is still pleased to come in his presence where he is desired where there's a hunger where there's a longing where there's a thirsting where somebody is saying man I'm not satisfied with what I've known in my past I'm not satisfied with what happened 10 years ago I want something new I want something fresh. Jesus is still pleased to come where he is invited. I don't know what you know about Jesus, but I came to tell somebody today, Jesus is more awesome and incredible than what you ever heard. Jesus is better. Jesus is better. Jesus is more powerful than you think he is. Jesus is still able, exceedingly abundantly able. Jesus is still more powerful. I don't know what you walked past to come to church this morning or as, as you drove through and you were coming to church and you felt the longing of humanity. Does it happen to you sometimes that, that you feel the longing and the suffering of people and you feel helpless? I want to help, but I don't know what to do. But, but I just want to say, if we will be a people that carry the presence of Jesus, we might just be the ordinary trees, but we can create a meeting point for Jesus to meet Zacchaeus. That we can transform cities, we can transform nations, we can transform lives, we can transform families. If we will just host his presence. If we'll be a people that says, Jesus, your presence is welcome. Jesus, be comfortable to be here. Because Jesus is still pleased to come where he's desired, where he's hungry, where there's a hunger, where there's a longing. Jesus is still pleased to come maybe right now you feel like that Zacchaeus and, or maybe you feel like the tree maybe you're carrying the weight and burdens Jesus is pleased to come where he's invited friends Jesus is more powerful than you think he is Jesus can do more than you think he can do Jesus can do more than you think you're like I know Jesus can do anything I'm like he can do even more than you can ever ask or imagine or desire or dream Jesus is more powerful than you think his. As I close this morning, 
shouting a lot more than usual. When we see the grace of Jesus, so we're like, wow. We start from a wow about the grace of Jesus. Grace came to the tree. The, the, the fullness of grace. The one that made the heavens and the earth. Jesus. For in him dwelt the fullness of God bodily. And he walked and he came to the tree. I feel like Zacchaeus would look and say, Jesus, what are you doing here? I'm surprised you came here, Jesus. I was just hoping to catch a glance. But you came. Jesus, what, what are you doing here? I feel like grace comes to us and I don't know about you, but it just surprises you. Like, Jesus, you came to me in my mess. I thought you had given up on me, Jesus. Have you ever been there before where you had one of those days and you started to sense him put a voice of hope in you again and you're like, Jesus, you came. What are you doing here? That beautiful surprise of you love me this much. Well, it wasn't just about him coming to a tree because I feel like even when he was born and those angels were singing that night of his birth, I feel like all the angels were dropping their jaws. This is the son of God. What is he doing on earth? We don't even understand this whole mystical story playing out. Like, what are you doing here, Jesus? But we got to sing in the choir, so we do what we have to do. But surprise, grace, what are you doing here? Grace will come where you think it won't come. Grace will come to you in your worst, in your mess, in your brokenness. Grace will come where you feel I don't deserve you under my roof. How can you come to a home? How can you love me? I'm messed up. I'm broken. Grace will come where you think it shouldn't come. Grace will give you that surprise of what are you doing here? Have you ever had a what are you doing here moment? Maybe you were a youth call member and you were posted to Adamawa and as you got there, one of those days on parade ground, you just saw your Lagos boyfriend walking towards the parade ground. You're like, oh my God, what are you doing here? Or maybe it was back in the years when you were when you were, you know, one of those guys that used to do stuff and all of that when you were young and your parents had warned you and you told lies that you were going to lesson and then you sneaked out, you went to a party. But you know that your mom had started this new business of selling drinks, but you didn't know she got a contract to supply drinks at the party. And so you kind of just saw mommy, mommy, what are you doing here? You had a, what are you doing? Or you told them at, at work that you, you are not feeling too well. And when you got to the interview the next day, You met your HR manager also on the queue. What? What? What are you doing here? Grace will give you quite a few what are you doing here moments. Jesus with Zacchaeus. But it wasn't just about the tree because Jesus told Zacchaeus, today I'm coming to your house. Ah, Zacchaeus is like, can you give me two days to clean up? Jesus like, I'll come today. And as they were walking in, and Zacchaeus was like, Jesus, please don't look right. Just look straight and don't look at, no, Jesus, I can explain later. Jesus is like, I'm pleased to come. I'm pleased to come. Grace, Grace will give you some, what are you doing here moments? What would it have been like if you were the one sheep that was lost? If I was the one sheep that was lost, you know what I would think? I would think the shepherd has 99 to keep him busy. But when the shepherd shows up for me, I'm like, what are you doing here? How do you love me this much? Anybody this morning, Grace gave you a what are you doing here moment? Anybody? All right. But, but I think that we very quickly move from that, especially as we get kind of familiar with the grace of God in street language. If you don't know this, they call it, they call it see finish. As you start to have see finish with grace, 
Uh, I think we kind of move from the surprise of what are you doing here? See, finish is when you go visiting your prospective father-in-law and as you are like just first of all tense that you are not even sure um, and all of that because when you got there, the best shirt that you wore was the color of their cotton, it was the same material. So you are just really tense and you know, like calm down, don't worry. You know, yeah, it's son to me. Let's just, you are like, daddy, thank you so much. And you are warming up. But then he started to ask you, you know, um, this beauty pageant that we're watching, what's your opinion about it? And you're like, ah, oh, man, all the girls are really beautiful. And, and I think Miss Nigeria will win. And then he's like well she's not as beautiful as my wife and you are like you are not okay daddy <laughs> see finish see finish see finish because as we start to get familiar we become kind of comfortable and then we start to take things for granted the things that wowed you now you are taking things for granted and so very quickly i think as we are surrounded by so much grace as I look at my life where I'm coming from and I'm surrounded by amazing grace, we, I run the tendency of becoming familiar with grace. And so now I move from the surprise of what are you doing here to the disdain of what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Do you know when you have some employees in your organization and you are trying to get something done and they were standing around you and you're like, you, what are you doing here? Like, get busy. What are you doing here? You're just standing. What? And we started from the wonder of, wow, what are you doing here? But very quickly, we become Christians who are saying, God, what are you doing here? God, I had better plans for my life. For the last five years, I've been here. God, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Um, I've been praying for a shift for three years. What are you doing here? They're coming to church. The first day you came to church, you were like, wow, I get to be among the saints of Jesus. Wow. I can even sit down. I can stand up all service if you don't have a seat for me. I'm just fine to be the gathering of God's people. Two years down the line, we get to the familiarity. And like, oh, I'm not too comfortable. And we're very quickly now treating grace like, hey, what are you doing here? I have better plans for my life. God, what are you doing here? Because sometimes we have real questions. Real questions. Now, we're so familiar that we pray without genuine expectation. Maybe life has hit us. Maybe you've been bruised. Now you're like, God, 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 we need to talk. Ah, this is the same you that three years ago you were like, God can talk to me. Now you're telling God, God, we need to talk. We need to iron out stuff. And now very quickly, we're in that place of God. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? Now suddenly, Zacchaeus, two years down the line, starts feeling bad about being short after all. I have questions about it after all. God, you owe me explanations. What are you doing here? And I'm afraid that every single one of us can get familiar with the grace of God and we can really take it for granted. So as I close today, what I want to do is that I want to invite every one of us to rediscover our wonder. So do you know that annoying moment where this, our Adamawa Kopa, um, she was in camp and all of that, and her Lagos boyfriend came. They've been dating for 14 years. You're asking, the way people are dating, is the father-in-law, is his name Laban? He said, no. So why, what, you know? <laughs> 
40 years. And now the guy shows up in camp. And she's like, oh, why did you come? Wow, I'm so surprised. What are you doing here? And all of that. And in her surprise, um, suddenly some of her campmates start gathering around, bringing out mobile phones. And she's starting to see all her family members on different screens and all of that. And she's like, what? what? And then the guy then goes on one knee and brings out a ring. And now this is where it gets very annoying. Very, very annoying. She's like, what, what, what are you doing here? What am I doing? I came from Lagos to sweep. To... They don't have cleaner. I came to sweep. Now, it's not, it's not surprise. Because she knows what's about to happen. She knows what's happening. It's not surprise. She knows they've been dating forever for 14 years. All the energy that the guy should have been using to raise children. He had been using to raise weight since all these years. Now he's finally ready to marry. And, and, and he goes down on one knee. And she knows. She can see all her family members cheering. And she's asking, what are you doing? Stop it. What are you doing? It's not surprise. It's not disdain. I think it's wonder. It's, it's just this sense of being overwhelmed in, in wonder. And that's my invitation to every one of us today. That I know you've seen the surprise. Maybe you've seen the disdain. But today I pray you will rediscover your wonder about the grace of God. Wow, this is amazing. Grace, it is still amazing. Wow, how sweet the sound. The sound of grace is still. It is still amazing. God, what are you doing here? This is why sometimes in worship you are lifting your hands and you are even confused in your emotions. In one moment you are crying. In one moment you are laughing. It is amazing grace. How sweet the sound. That sound is still sweet, friends. That sound is still life-changing. That sound is still transforming. That sound of the person of Jesus. And today my prayer is that you will rediscover your wonder about the grace of God. You won't be familiar. You won't treat it as ordinary. You won't set it aside. The grace of our God, I pray. We won't be the kind of Christians that are just so familiar. We're always having questions, always always talking, arguing, blah, blah, blah. That we have lost a sense of wonder. I pray that the grace of God will still amaze you. I pray you will still find it amazing. I pray you'll still find the story that grace is walking in your life amazing. Sometimes it's tears because I am just remembering how overwhelming this is when I look at where my life is coming from. Sometimes it's laughter because this is even hilarious. This is hilarious. Why is God using me? Why will God love? And it's just a wonder of grace. Sometimes it's rejoicing. Sometimes it's sobering. It's the wonder of the grace of our God. Today I'm asking, have you lost your wonder about the grace that is in Jesus? I pray this will be your cue. I pray this morning will be a cue that together we will be plunged into a wonder about the grace of Jesus and we will activate something about his presence in our lives when we're trying to feel sufficient in ourselves that the world is saying show me your power and we feel like in one moment we're strong, in one moment we're weak. Let this be our cue about where our real power lies. It is in the person of Jesus. His grace is still amazing. His grace is still sufficient. We get the privilege friends to stand in our ordinariness but carry something extraordinary we get the privilege to stand in just our natural but carry something supernatural we get the privilege to do a normal monday morning in an abnormal way we get the privilege to do ordinary life in an extraordinary way because of who jesus is today i pray that worship will carry that wonder again for you i pray 
that you will hunger and desire that the word of God, the moments in God's house. I pray. I pray you would rediscover your tiptoe life. I pray you would rediscover that tiptoe life. Uh, now you're so flat-footed. Nothing amazes you again. Nothing can even trip you. Walking like with an attitude. Nothing. I pray you would rediscover your tiptoe life. That tiptoe life of something is about to happen because Jesus is in the room. Because Jesus is in my life. Because Jesus is doing life with me. Something more than the ordinary. It's about to happen. I pray we will hunger and desire again that our eyes will be open to see the wonder of his grace. All your complaining and honestly, friends, life is life, okay? Every one of us, life hits in some way, but when we're in a conversation with Jesus, all our complaining just needs perspective. It just needs perspective. All our murmuring, all our grumbling, it just needs perspective. Because Peter, when you're saying, God, see the winds, see the waves that are attacking me. Can you see his word that is sustaining you? When you're saying, God, see what they did against me. Can you see what he's doing for you? Do you know that one day when you stand in eternity, nobody will ever have a reason to point fingers and say, God, see, God, see. Because all God will do is he will point to Jesus. And he will say, because of Jesus, you never had an excuse. Amen. And so when we start to complain, and mom would say loss of focus on the wonder of who Jesus is and today that's what I'm inviting you to the wonder of Jesus the beauty of his grace just a renewed love for his presence in your life just a renewed passion about who he is and the things of the world sometimes look really weighty on us but I pray today that he would give you fresh perspective through his grace when I thought life was pressuring me, all I needed was perspective. He was preparing me. When I thought this stress was more than, he, 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 he held you through. When you thought you were about to lose your mind, you know those days when you said, I can't take it one more day. I'm... Here you are. That day you were asking, where do they sell rope? You didn't find rope. Here he has kept you intentionally. He has loved you when you didn't know he was loving you. And I pray that one day as you look back over the story and you see the beat of a grace that was always present, that was always working. All the nights that I cried, all the times that I said, here's how it's going to end. That as he opens our eyes, all I'm going to be able to say is, God, what are you doing here, God? I love you. I'm amazed, God. What are you doing here? Look at your life. Life. Look at what grace has done in your life. God, what are you doing here? God, see what you're making me. See how far you've brought me. See what we're singing this morning. God, ah. Oh. I, was, I was about to die under the pressure of the Zacchaeus I was crying. I was carrying. But Jesus came right in time. Jesus came. Jesus came. Jesus still makes something beautiful out of the stories of our life. And I pray that it will amaze you. Can I pray for you this morning? Listen to me. Grace might not give you, this is what Zacchaeus will tell you. Grace might not give you the height that you want, but it will not leave you without the help that you need. All you were checking was, have I grown taller? But he was raising a tree without stretching your legs. Grace might not give you the height that you thought was necessary, but it will not leave you without the help. It will never leave you. One day you will look in wonder and see every advantage that you are climbing on. Grace was always intentional, even when you didn't know it was working for you. Grace might not give you the height, but it will not leave you without the help. God, I pray today for every eye to be opened. I pray today, God, for our eyes to be reopened just to the wonder and the beauty of your grace. 
God, I pray today that we would be reawakened this morning in a very personal way. Just to who you are, to your working in our lives. Uh, all our murmuring, all our complaining, all our, our tiredness. God, I pray that in the light of the beauty of who you are, I pray we will be overshadowed. God, I pray today that you would respark a wonder about your amazing grace in the midst of our ordinary days. In the midst of the days that we walk of the seasons that we walk. I pray especially today for everybody carrying the weight of a longing of Zacchaeus on their shoulders. I pray today they would see the Jesus that is near. They would see him in the beauty of his grace and of his love. I pray for people today that feel they have questions. I pray they would see the sufficiency of Jesus. For people today that say, but where was God? What happened? And have hurts, have issues. I pray today, God, They'll just be overwhelmed in the wonder of the beauty of your grace. We thank you, Jesus, and we love you. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you found this sermon helpful, we hope you join us in the mission of renewing Lagos with the gospel by sharing it, rating this podcast, and following us. These actions help us reach more people with the gospel. You can also connect with us on various social media platforms via the handle at City Church Lagos. City Church, love Jesus, love people, love Lagos.